So we'll switch things up this week a little bit. Well, let's do um, a pick of the week at the start. Do you mind? Oh, geez. Um... This, is, this is a different pick of the week, though. Okay. Okay. This is going to be called uh, the best save of the week. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Not sure you get where I'm going with this, but... I have no idea. Did you, uh, did you watch the second Giants game? Or I don't know if it's the second or third of the season when uh, Hunter Pence hit his Grand Slam back to his home planet? Yes. Okay. Uh, did you, have you already seen the thing about the uh, radio announcement of that? No. So John Miller, one of the KNBR guys, uh, when he announced or when he was uh, calling the play, he said, quote, Now the 1-0 pitch. Swing and there's a high drive. Deep into left center field. It's on its way. Adios! Pelota! A grand slam for Buster Posey's good friend, Hunter Pence. Oh, so he... It wasn't he like called the wrong even, player. Okay. I thought maybe they were talking about Buster. Nope. When, okay. No, he did like 15 seconds of other, like, uh, you know, when they do their whole, like, uh, goodbye and, like, they, like, as they're calling it, uh, after, after it leaves the, after the, uh, after the swing. <laughs> yes. I was trying to think of, yes. what, what just happened to you? Are you, are you okay? I got distracted. <laughs> It's fine. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Because um, I was going to try to do his imi- the imitation of... Uh, oh, your John Miller, your, your, your world-famous John Miller impression. Well, no. Yeah. You know how... Okay, so we'll, we'll have a slight digression here from this already no, we per- don't, we perfectly don't, on point podcast. We don't, do, but. we don't do that on this show. But no, when he... Uh, ev- there's a different personality between the KMBR guys and the um, CSN guys. The CSN one will they'll do the it's hit far it's hit deep it's going and then it's gone it's it's out of here yeah uh, that's uh, Mike Kruko I think but um, no on the uh, on the radio broadcast uh, John Miller will generally do he says adios pelota oh yeah they they have a very different um, set of like go to things whenever there's a home run so I was I was trying to restrain myself from uh, doing an imitation of that which apparently I did a really bad one right now. Oh no, I, I think it was fine. But anyway, that no, that's that's my pick of the week for the the best save of the week. And then mm. also Hunter Pence on Twitter changed his biography to be uh Buster Posey's good friend Hunter Pence. <laughs> because he's because he's the best. He's good humored about it. He is. No. So to take us in a another digression here. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm most impressed with with baseball announcers is think about this. So you have 162 games in a season. Uh, a game is typically about three hours, give or take. Two hours and 58 minutes. Right. That is a lot of time to fill. And in this, I mean, this is not a knock on baseball at all, but there's, there's a lot of downtime in the sport, which is it's part, of, part of the game, as you would say. And there's, there's just a lot of dead air that they have to fill. That's very impressive they're able to do that. Yeah, and they're very... Yeah, the color commentary and kind of like, especially on TV where they kind of have other things that they can look at. They can talk about the ballpark. They can um, talk about like fans that they see in the crowd. But no, they're very good at striking, like of filling the time. But also for me, uh, I I like they strike the balance between maintaining focus on the importance of the game, but also keeping it light and having like uh, stories with some continuity and that are still enjoyable for uh, the dead times. It's, it's, It's an art. It really is. I think 
I, I don't know what would be harder to commentate a sport, which is more phonetic or fr- frenetic. What, what's the word I'm thinking of here? Frenetically paced, like, Frenetic, like basketball, thank you. except when they're faking injuries. Or I was thinking like hockey too would be a good example. But hockey's really boring. Oh, well, we, we disagree there. But I, I think I think it would in some ways be easier to do a sport like that than a sport like baseball, where there's just all this downtime that you have to have to fill. I think it it plays to different skills, and I and I think I I think baseball announcers are more skilled. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I think, but also I think the Bay Area is blessed with better announcers because I don't know if you've ever listened to other out of market games or if you've ever listened to the. Because uh, on the MLB at bat app, you can listen to the uh, opposing teams, uh, radio announcers. Ours are far better. That's exactly how I was going to close out this opening topic was by just commenting on how lucky we are. Like both on TV and radio. We've got, I, like, I, I know there's a lot of, like this is for the Dodgers, Vin Scully's final season. And I've listened to certain things that he does whenever, um, like, I don't know why, but sometimes, like, you'll get either on CSN or somebody else, you'll get the LA broadcast, and you'll listen to him. But yeah, he's he's very good. But also, but for, like, a two-person team, both the uh, CSN guys and uh, KNBR are very, very good. Yeah, they they really are. Yeah. Um, so, Ed, uh, what, what's your best save of the week? Um, well, I think, I think my best save of the week is um, about myself, actually. And that is last week, my opening to the show was um, trying to ask you, and you, you never did give it up, which is really sad, but trying to, trying to get you to say what your um, at-bat song would be if you were a professional baseball player. And you on the show had asked me if, if it was really true that the players do pick their song. And i i doubted myself a little bit when you asked me that question because i just i was so sure but i guess i hadn't ever looked it up or read much into it so i did some follow-up research as as i want to do this week and sure enough uh it, it is absolutely a thing and and the players players absolutely do pick their their music it's in fact it's called their walk-up music it even has a its own phrase yeah, I didn't, I didn't, not that I didn't believe you, but I just, I guess I didn't think, well, actually, no, I didn't believe you. I, I thought that, <laughs> like, well, I got, there's two points that I would maybe, um, like, have concerns about, which is I, I don't think that I would, potentially that only the most important or, like, notable players would have that type of music assigned to them, whether or not they picked it themselves. And I always just thought it was just, like, rotating random music for maybe the um, less well-known people. No, so this uh, Mercury News article, it's from a couple of years ago, but I mean, I, I assume the ideas have remained largely the same. It has a quote in here that I, I pulled and put into the Slack, which is, modern players now select their songs with the same kind of care as they do their bats and gloves. Sounds plausible. Yeah. And in fact, you can go on to the San Francisco Giants official website, and they actually have a page dedicated to... I guess it's actually to ballpark music in general, but then they specifically have a subsection, which is all of the players' walk-up music. Ew. Brandon Crawford has the worst. Yeah, some some of these selections aren't great. But that's also, like, one of the worst songs in the world. But, you know, as if Hunter Pence wasn't already one of my favorite characters. Hold, characters, on, I, hold on, I haven't scrolled down far Players. Enough. 
I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting caught up in myself. Did you call here. him a, a character? Well, I did because it's his. Not a movie. Well, but his so his walk up song, or both of them, in fact, are movie soundtracks, which is why I started thinking of characters. When I, I'm also kind of a, a a movie soundtrack nerd, so I I really do appreciate that. Why doesn't Posey have one? He's. He's not on this page. I don't know why. I don't know how they've picked the players that are on this page. And I don't know why some of them have two and some of them only have one. I guess it actually does seem like the star players get two and then the kind of second tier guys get one. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Anyway, that's cool. Yeah. And you can buy links to buy on iTunes right there. Yeah. Um, I will. <laughs> what? I don't know. It's just kind. Of, it's kind of funny. Yeah, a little like, bit. They're always always trying to make a buck. I guess. It's, yeah, it's it's not the NFL. No, it's true. No. Um, I will I will try to come back next week. Honestly, on on the drive home today, I I thought let me let me try to think of something, and I couldn't think of anything at all. Well, we'll give you we'll give you another week to think about it, and we'll check back in. Sure. And then to round out the baseball stuff, although we we've had a great start to the season, we're five and two right now. Hey, um, hey, 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 hey. What? Hey. Easy. What? Okay, knock on some wood or something here. No, it, it, that, that's, that's, that's loser talk. <laughs> okay. I am really not one of those people that, that gets superstitious about things. I think if you're, if you're having a quality performance, whether it's in business, whether it's in your personal life or in sports, you can embrace it. You don't have to be cocky about it, but you, you don't have to walk on eggshells and, and pretend like you're... Like if you if you're conscious of your successes, that you will suddenly start to fail. I I respect that. Yeah, because certain people will will do that, and and I think that's doing them a disservice to uh, their performance and their abilities. And our hitting is on point this year. Yes. Um. So yeah, to round out this stuff, still no streaming for local games. What is going on? Non-TiVo streaming, I should say, but T. Yeah, my our, my Comcast upload speed is not good, or it just it's not consistent. So it's it's a less than desirable experience. Yeah. So opening day um, at AT and T was during the afternoon last week. I think as every opening day typically is here, and I wanted to put the game on in the background as I was working, and realized that there was no streaming offering. And I, I think you've mentioned this on the show. It's particularly weird because they do it with the Warriors and stuff, right? Like it's it's just the Giants they don't. So the Warrior stuff falls under the umbrella of NBC Sports Live Extra. Like I don't know what the difference in licensing is, but I think MLB Advanced Media their licensing terms or something causes this to be much more complicated than basketball apparently. Hmm. Yeah, it's a shame. And like I lamented to you at the time. I'm still awaiting TiVo Bolt's out-of-home streaming update, which I'm becoming more and more pessimistic about. I suppose it'll happen eventually, but... Romeo wins again. (sighs) And you can stack things on it. (laughs) The the TiVos get pretty warm, though, don't they? You wouldn't necessarily want to do that. Nah, my Pro runs pretty cold. (laughs) Okay. What? I don't know. No, like certain. No, I am. I am actually very aware that like certain things, like because I have 
No, I'm just going to skip over what I was about to say. But yeah, let's just, let's let's go ahead and just move right along. No, it's it's absolutely not whatever you possibly were thinking. Oh no, I, I wasn't thinking anything. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, that's 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 uh, it. So, um, do you have any other small topics, or do you want me to dive right, right into other stuff? Stray bits, as as you said here in your uh, carefully curated notes. This took three minutes. <laughs> Again, it's got to organize my thoughts. You're, you're very organized because this microphone covers half of this 5k imac so i, I gotta work in, in a small corner of my screen <laughs> you poor poor thing when are you getting one uh well actually that that's one of my uh stray bits so um what's uh you were talking about thunderbolt docs earlier today what's what was right. the deal with that uh we'll, we'll come back to that okay. i don't know if we'll get to that this week or if we'll tease that out <laughs> to next week okay we might get to it during the PC conversation later, and if if we don't get to it this week, we'll we'll come back to it next week. Okay. Uh, one of my other things is that uh, my Retina MacBook Pro uh, earlier this weekend uh, it crashed uh, to the point of like being completely unresponsive. Oh, mine did that too. <laughs> I'm serious. I had to hold uh, well, down I'm, the I'm, power I'm, button. Yeah, I'm also having the iOS 9.3 issue that you're talking about. So stop remarking on problems so i don't have them which, which one the uh watch notifications and ios oh, like, oh well we will we will absolutely come back to that so let's let's not mention problems that we're having because then i get them as well right but no uh it, it so it did that crashing thing and i was like nothing was really happening i was just moving files between like dropbox and and a regular folder and like stuff and it was working fine then it just became completely unresponsive the screen was still on but it was frozen uh but the one thing that kind of like I, I don't mind. It's the first crash I've had in like what a year. I, I'm I'm fine with that. But uh, it reminded me that the Force Touch trackpad doesn't move. Like just as I was trying to click, and I was like, it's it's not moving. It's 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 rigid. What the hell's going on? It, it not only did your computer crash, but it took the trackpad with it. Yeah, well, because it's not actually moving. And and I know there's a lot of um, Force Touch trackpad uh, haters. But I'm actually a huge proponent of it because I didn't like the old one. I thought it clicked way too loud and I didn't like the way it feels. And normally I was a, a tapped click kind of guy. And on the force touch trackpad, it's it's perfect. So yeah, that was uh, weird, but it also reminded me of how much I like it. It's an acquired taste and it definitely takes some getting used to. Are, but, uh, do you enjoy it? Or Oh, I, I very much so. And every, every time I have to use my crappy crappy lenovo trackpad on my work laptop i'm reminded of how much better the trackpad is on the macbook pro on your uh, work laptop do you, do you not have an external mouse and keyboard at your desk or is it just when you're on the go with it oh i i, I of course have a keyboard and mouse at my desk but when i'm in meetings or another you know away from my desk sure i have to and i don't want to be that guy that brings a mouse with him everywhere please don't yeah. And it always has the damn uh USB nub sticking out of the side of the laptop. Don't do that. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Even the the, the Logitech one's pretty small. Still. You can tell it's there. I actually do have the that just left in my laptop at all times. Oh. It's small. Oh. <laughs> um if you leave it in there, it drains half your battery. Hmm, I don't think that's true. No, it's a it's a Windows seven issue. Uh, really? No. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, what was I going to you? Also, another uh, chance to endorse uh, the uh, the Microsoft uh, Sculpt ergonomic keyboard. The best best thing in the world. That's the one that you have at your desk? Yeah, it's it's the split keyboard. Super easy to type on for extended periods of time. 
has the negative slope. It's great. Do you have like replacement keycaps on it for OS 10 or do you I just do. do oh, the... I've been meaning to send that into upgrade. I, I'll take a picture. Uh, not tonight, but uh, soon. No, it's 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 great. I absolutely love it. Hmm. Yeah. Now you you have a, a nice setup. I'm I'm envious. Yeah, maybe you could join the club. I'm I'm pretty happy with my setup too. Well, are you? Is your monitor still having troubles? Is that ever uh, getting well, replaced? Well, we'll come back to that. <laughs> okay. All right, and then um, no, I think that's it for me on little small things. You got anything? No, I don't. I don't think uh, I don't have. I don't have any other uh, stray bits. I think we can get into the uh, the main topics, as as you say. Took three minutes. All right, for three minutes for what? To to organize my little thing. Oh, Omni Outliner is fast. All right. Uh, first up, uh, did you listen to this week's Clockwise? I have not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, oh man, all right. This... Well, just 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 further proving that, as much as it appears sometimes, this show is is not rehearsed, and we do absolutely zero coordination <laughs> prior to the start of the show. All right. Well, I forgot who asked this, but I thought it was a really good question. I want to get your take on it. Um. Like working outside of your house, how often do you do that? Meaning you take your iPad or you take your laptop out to like a coffee shop or uh, someplace outdoors or like just somewhere that's not your house or your office to get work done. Do you do this? Do you like doing it? Never. No. Why not? Because my answer differs from yours, but I, I'm, I'm interested in why that was such <laughs> a such a fast no. Uh, I... I, I'm interested in how you know that your answer is going to differ from mine. No, because you just said no. Okay. Oh, I see. You already said no. I see. I, it, I guess it could just be the type of work that I do. But for me, there would be absolutely no benefit to working outside of my home or the office. I wouldn't be any more productive. I wouldn't think in any sort of different way. I don't think it would provide any sort of additional clarity. It just, for me, I've got a nice setup here in my apartment. I have a nice setup in the office. I don't know why leaving one of those two places would result in better or more efficient work. Okay. Well, so I have, I have the opposite answer. Um, I, I, ver- I do this uh, frequently, a couple times a week, if not more. Um, I very much enjoy doing it. And I, and I guess I'm interested in, in your answer. Like for me, I enjoy doing it just because it forces me to get out of the house. Um, also, whenever I'm either uh, outside of where I work or outside of my home, like both of those uh, locations, uh, there's a certain level of comfort and uh, ease of distraction that I'm frequently faced with where there's so many other things I could be doing to take myself away from whatever I am doing, whether it's uh, writing for personal reasons or like organizing things or photo editing, like just any of that stuff. Like there's so much other stuff that's tempting that I could be doing. Whereas if I go out to my favorite coffee shop or I just go out to a nice place, um, if it's a nice day, uh, I, I find that helps me a ton. It kind of is like, I'm here to work. This is two to three hours where I don't have the distractions of home or other people bothering me or asking me for things. And I'm just going to do my work. I'm going to throw on my headphones and I'm just going to get some stuff done and enjoy coffee. I see. I find the opposite. I find working in a public place like a coffee shop to be incredibly distracting. Whereas when I'm here in my apartment, 
it's just me. Or if I'm in my office, it is an open space, but I've got my Bose noise-canceling headphones. And again, it's just, I can kind of be in, in the zone, again, as, as you would say. Hmm. I guess maybe I should take some tips. How, how do you stay... How do you avoid distraction? Or like, let's say you're at home. How do you avoid maybe thinking like, oh, I can just go to the kitchen all the time. Or I can... Uh, oh, there's some laundry I should do. Or there's this that's not this way. Or I could, I could turn on the Xbox. How do you... It's, it's, the, it's the reason I don't work from home very often. No, but I'm saying like, do you ever have like just personal things you want to do? Oh, I, I do. And I, I... How do you get those done then? Well, I, I do them after work or on the weekend no i know but how do you avoid the distractions or just like other things just uh, going uh, like just uh, eating into that time by 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 not working at home I, I, re- I really don't do it very often and it's it's because i know I'm, I'm not as productive here at home as i am at the office because i absolutely will do that i'll take an extra long time making breakfast or making lunch or i'll you know, run down the street to run an errand or do some laundry or just do all kinds of other things that I, I can't do when I'm at the office. Hmm. I, I work from home occasionally, but... Well, no, but I, I mean, also like just personal things, not like necessarily work work, but do you ever have like just projects, like let's say just things you are doing that involve a computer at home or does this not really happen for you? It doesn't really, it doesn't really happen for me. I, I get the sense just knowing you all these years that you... You have a lot more personal projects that you work on than I do. Like in my personal life doesn't involve a lot of task management or projects. Some, I mean, I have a, I have a couple of different things I do, but you're more of a live in the moment kind of guy. I guess. I, no, I, I guess like what I mean by that is that you're more like if if you're going to spend time on the weekend, like you would not really do that. Like, oh, I want to edit the photos from this uh, this time, or I want to digitize my office or i i want to well, yeah uh, i think i mean in, in general i i would say i spend very little time on a computer outside of work that's incredibly interesting like the, the most time i spend on a computer outside of work is probably doing this show Hmm. maybe that'll change once i get my oculus rift but or maybe it'll change once you get your iPad Pro and you start editing podcasts oh, uh, using a, using it. a sea of dongles and and just in trying to force iOS into a, a into a workflow that doesn't need it. You you and the constant whispers of the 5K iMac and the iPad Pro. I I, just, I hate you so much. No, the iPad. No, I'm joking about the iPad Pro. I'm just doing that to to bring up the whole iPad Pro brigade of people who are insisting that iOS is somehow better even though they're going through all these contortions and hoops to make it work that that's that's my point but so a really good example of of that is last night uh the lady friend ordered a couple different things on amazon and she as soon as she had submitted the order she realized that yeah it was the items were being shipped to the wrong um, shipping address and so she she had made done the order on her iphone and so she immediately went back into the amazon app and tried to change the address couldn't find where to do it. Got to do it from a real computer. So I yeah, pulled out the MacBook Pro. Uh, she logged into her Amazon account, found it in 15 seconds. I mean, th- things are just easier to do on a laptop. And I, and I guess I, I really, it's like, I know it's like, so what, what we're really talking about, I think, is on the most recent episode of Upgrade, Jason spent some time. I mean, it, it's a general topic, but it, this is the most kind of recent example. 
Jason spent some time talking about how he is on a trip to Arizona and he really wanted to try to not bring his, uh, I think he's a MacBook Air, and he wanted to just bring his iPad and iPhone. And he did, and he recorded the podcast and he talked about that experience. And my reaction to it is I I just don't understand why bringing just a just an iPad is more convenient or easier than bringing a MacBook. I mean, these MacBooks, especially the MacBook Airs, but I mean, even the MacBook Pros, which you and I have, they're light, they're thin, they've got great battery life. Like, I just, I just don't really understand why there's such a desire to, to get away from these things. I don't get it either. Again, I think with Jason, it's more of a proof of concept type of thing uh, to see, like, if, if, if you can do it. But no, like, there's a lot of people where legitimately they're, like, trying to force their entire workflow on this device, even though the software just isn't mature enough yet. And, like, I, I don't understand it. And and I get no actually no I don't get it but it's yeah I mean and again this is weird as a person who does carry around a 13 inch uh, MacBook Pro and an iPad Air 2 everywhere that I go where I expect to do like any computing work and I understand the appeal of the fact that many things are better on iOS like responding to email and uh, browsing Twitter and certain types of web browsing I do prefer to do on iOS. But anytime I'm going to do two or more things, it's going to happen on a Mac because it's just too difficult to do on an iOS device. Whether it be that all my web page tabs aren't going to load properly, or if I switch into too many applications, it's going to push stuff out of memory. And the fact that copy and paste just doesn't fucking work right on iOS still. Like, there's so many things that just, uh, why, what is all the contortions and hoops that you have to go through to shave off maybe one pound of weight that you're carrying around i like i just i i don't understand it yet yeah i i don't either i I really don't either yeah but anyway yeah going back to the other topic i hmm, like yeah maybe i i gotta maybe you can teach me the the art of uh staying on track and, and and ignoring your surroundings because by yeah. by working in an office hmm? <laughs> I, mean, by, I mean like my office space is is that i mean it's no no a, no no. i mean i mean at home when oh, it's like just don't, you don't, don't work at home but i mean ugh, you're killing me <laughs> i'm serious i mean when i like for me if i if i want to work i i'm in the office and but I'm, again I'm not, there, not work. work just doing anything hmm. well i guess like I had to be really like 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 other than when I was doing my taxes like two weeks ago, uh, um, like it, it a task has to be super engaging or something like that for me to not get distracted of like oh let me let me see what's on TV or or do something else or well that's what I was gonna say is the is the the few projects I do have in my personal life I mean I, they're there because I I want them to be there. And they are engaging, so they could kind of naturally keep my attention. <laughs> if, I guess, mm. I guess if if you're working on something that isn't capturing your attention, maybe it's not something you want to be doing. I'm not going to let you have said that because that sounds like rather profound, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> because it's not that at all. It's just it's it's not that it's not engaging. It's just the fact that you have 
this thing. Like there are so many other things that are valid and are worthy of my time and things I should be doing, but I'm, I would prefer to do something else. And if I'm outside of the house, I don't have the option of that. Hmm. Because overall, I like, I, I assume for most people, there are more demands on your time than time that you have to expend on them. I, I yeah, I think that I think that's a true statement for many. <laughs> okay, that that didn't go the way I was expecting it to, but that's all right because this <laughs> so, seldom seldom do the topics on this show because we're professionals and it doesn't. It's fine. That's right. Okay, you've seen Kobe Bryant's new Apple TV ad. I have not. I'm hanging up. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I haven't. Do you want to pause? And it's a minute. And then I really don't. I think you should. You uh, love Kobe, and and it's, it's... I, I do. I, I well, no, I don't. I don't love Kobe. He's a, he's a very good player. Um, but no, I, I have I have not I have not seen this this TV ad. <laughs> okay, then we're moving right along. This this is an Apple. It's an Apple ad, right? Yeah, it's him and and uh, some uh, some other dude. <laughs> Sorry, super specific. Uh-huh. Um, where is it? it? It he up like. So why why should I watch this ad? Because it's amusing, and I I do not like Kobe Bryant. And yeah, who's Michael B. Jordan? Apparently, everybody knows who this is. I didn't. Yeah, he was in the um, um, he was in uh, Creed, which was one of the best picture nominees last year. Is it the boxing movie? Right. Okay, yeah, I didn't watch that. I have I haven't seen it either. All right. Well, apparently it's it's him and and Kobe. But since you haven't watched it, then there's no point to this. So let's move right on. Okay. Not doing your homework because you have Sorry. too many distractions at home. That's true. Watch it at a coffee shop. <laughs> you just got to find a really good. Are you a coffee person? Oh, I, am I? Who isn't a coffee person? There's there's only two types of people, Carlos. There are coffee people and people who lie about not being coffee people. No, I know some people who just hate the taste of coffee unless it... that's that's that doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. But also, I don't, I don't know if you're a real coffee person. What, oh, excuse me. What does well, that mean? It, like, are, will you accept just like basic, like just Starbucks coffee? Like, are you particular about your coffee at all? I'm not saying you have to be a fussy coffee yeah, person. Yeah, I'm, I'm particular about my coffee. Yeah. Okay. This is a funny ad. I don't, I don't particularly, the, the Kobe ad? Yeah. Hmm. Because it speaks about the, uh, uh, something we've talked about many times, which is, I'll just let you watch it. it. It's been on TV like 40 billion times this weekend. Yeah, no, there's a lot of a lot of Kobe stuff on TV now. Yeah, but he's he's uh, making fun of himself. It's it's the most likable thing I've seen him do, and for somebody who does not like him, he's he's been doing a lot more of that this year. It's been a weird as someone who's followed Kobe very closely his entire career. It's been a very different and weird side of him this year. Hmm. And the next time that we speak on the show, he will be a former NBA player. Kind of already is. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's true. Kind of has been for the past three years. You no, know, ESPN wrote a good article today that kind of in, in, elaborating on a thought that I've had this entire season and really the last two seasons, which is like, for me, Kobe's career ended when he tore his Achilles in 2013. Like that he really hasn't been the same player since then. And the, prior to him doing that, that season was really, really good. He was great that year. And he had a really good stretch leading up to that injury. So that really was his last, like for me, when I think of his career, that that's kind of the end of it there. And these last two, that's why I like this whole, 
you know, kind of farewell tour this year hasn't really done it for me because in some ways I've already kind of said goodbye to him from a, you know, basketball standpoint. Well, I assume it doesn't do it for anybody like the, but maybe it's just that the people who I'm seeing retire recently and they're making a big deal out of it are people I don't necessarily care for. And it's in the same sense as Derek Jeter's goodbye megator and ESPN nonstop for three weeks was just insufferable. It really was. Like, I, I respect what he did 10 years ago. Like, he... Yeah, but it was, it was the same. Time. It was the same kind of thing where his production was way down. The team was terrible. I mean, it, it was a similar situation. Yeah. But what a what an interesting scenario with him tomorrow. So we're recording this on uh, Tuesday the twelfth, and then tomorrow, you know, you would have thought you would have thought that tomorrow was going to be all Kobe, and that was going to be the biggest game of the day, but. Not now, now with the Warriors trying to win their 73rd game, it's like, as a matter of fact, Kobe's last game got bumped to ESPN 2 from ESPN so that ESPN could cover the Warriors game. I'm trying to think of a really unpopular sport, but of what could make it get bumped to ESPN 3 streaming only. <laughs> <laughs> There's an emergency hockey game or, or a curling match. Right. All right, well, eventually you'll watch this ad and then you'll come back and tell me that it was very amusing. <laughs> but for now, I assume you have some topics to talk about. Yeah, so this is one that I put into the Slack, which is... I bet you prepared for this one. I did, thank you. Uh, 3D Touch, and um, specifically Jason Snell wrote a nice article on Macworld and he kind of verbally went through it on this week's episode of, of Upgrade. And he basically just outlines everything that's wrong with 3d touch and it's it's a lot of the things that we've talked about on this show and that are kind of obvious to anyone who's used the feature which is there just really isn't any super interesting uses of it i mean really it's just a handful of different things you can do none of which is particularly useful you know specifically like peek and pop is kind of a neat thing to demo but in practice doesn't make reading or anything else really better and then other things like the um, shortcuts on the home screen aren't particularly useful or engaging. And then kind of on top of all that, 3D Touch isn't a feature that's really been even embraced by Apple itself, where they've now released three new devices, being the iPhone SE and then the two different iPad Pros, all of which have not had 3D Touch. So it, it kind of seems like a feature that isn't particularly useful or maybe put a different way nobody's really come up with creative ways of using it and it's not even something that is being widely adopted by apple itself and I know, maybe those two things are kind of related to one another yeah i mean that's probably true um but also you've seen in recent years that apple doesn't embrace its own technologies that quickly either like how long did it take for uh, all the iWork apps to to get uh, split view support. So, I mean, there's that, but also uh, I can see some level or or some scenarios where 3D Touch might be useful. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, or everybody's right in the sense that it's not going to be 
widely adopted if it's like nobody's going to make so, like a design crucial or, or or very important features into it if let's say only eight percent of the install base has a device that can use it because then you're putting all the other users at a disadvantage and you're trying to sell the most copies of your software that you can and you're trying to make a a consistent experience for everybody across the board and and even at that point even if somebody is like the latest like the user who has the latest and greatest products and they have their brand new ipad pro 9.7 inch and they have their uh, iPhone 6s plus uh, th- that other device doesn't have three touch for i mean for obvious reasons it's probably too difficult to include on a screen that size but you're not going to put the important stuff in there and also i think what apple has made uh possible through whatever apis and software development kit stuff that they have is whatever is actually there is, is very basic and not terribly useful. I mean, for me, 3D Touch only gets used to um, like jump right into OmniFocus and input an inbox item and get to something like that faster. But otherwise, it almost never gets used. So I, I think it's a weird feature, and I think it will probably be deprioritized going forward. Like, I, I, I'm not sure if this, like, has Apple ever abandoned uh, like a marquee feature? Like, is there a chance that the iPhone Seven or, or future models don't have this, or do you think it's just going to be there, but just nobody uses it? Like Siri? No, but Siri gets consistent development. Like, if you ask it, "What is zero divided by zero? She tells you this weird cookie monster thing. <laughs> You've seen that, right? Everybody saw that. Yeah, yeah. That was meh. I mean, they do add incremental features to Siri, but... Do you ever think, uh, not to change the topic, do you ever think Apple's going to come out with an iPod Hi-Fi with Siri? Like, are they going to make an Alexa competitor? Are they going to double down on all of their mediocre products? No. Yeah, I don't know. I I think a persistent Siri would be very interesting. Eh, potentially. Hmm. Anyway, so yeah, 3D Touch, it's, 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 it's whatever. Um, but I do, like, I mean, I think everybody's... <laughs> Three, put that on the next uh, iPhone box, 3D Touch, it's whatever. Disappointed sigh. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I think, uh, I'm, I'm, I've made this point, many people have made this point, and I think Jason makes this point, is that iOS is not, um, or it, it does need a... a for like a some type of mechanism for deeper interactions or more advanced like shortcutting features, and on Android for almost probably like eight years now, that has been uh, the long press, where you can just leave your finger on there for maybe half a second, like the same amount of time it takes to make the icons shake on an iPhone, and you get like a little pop up menu, kind of like a right click, and you get more options. And in a lot of ways, I think that was kind of the promise of 3D Touch. Like, other than the... Oh, sorry. The only other thing with uh, um, 3D Touch that's actually useful is live photos. Except I'm not sure anybody uses live photos either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, live live photos. Because things... I, I keep live photos off because the photo quality is worse if you leave it on. Right. And then anytime I actually kind of thought, oh, that'd be cool to have a live photo, I, it was off. So... Um, but yeah, I think a long press would actually make a lot more sense. That's something that would apply to all devices. But I, I, there are probably just certain reasons where Apple won't implement it. Because it is less elegant, but I also think 3D touching is really hard to discover and is also um, 
it just has a lot of challenges around it. Yeah, it definitely does. <sighs> All right. Well, my my new PC, is that what we want to talk about next? Sure. So I, I, I built a desktop. Been Been on the fence about doing so for a long time, coming into this whole VR thing, but... Couple friends and I, we all, you know, we all went in on the on the VR stuff. Two of us got an Oculus, the other got a Vive, and so we all worked together these last few weeks to spec out a computer. And we all got together on Saturday and actually put these things together. And it's it's fun. I, I've forgotten how much I enjoy building a, a desktop. It really is a, a lot of fun to do. It's a little stressful because you really don't want really don't want to break. Uh, you know, two, three hundred dollar piece of hardware. But uh, you know, once you get past turning it on for the first time and getting Windows installed, it's 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 a pretty pretty satisfying feeling. How are your thermal paced application skills? Uh, I mean they're okay. You know, you gotta be gotta be careful with that part. Like that the seating the processor, that that whole part, um I I dislike. It that's by far and away I think the most stressful piece. Well, because you're holding $400 that you could break by doing something. Right. Well, and so to add to the stress, uh, Intel now doesn't include uh, a stock heatsink like they have for years and years and years. So you have to buy a third-party heatsink, which I, I did. And it's nice. It's a Cooler Master one. It's you know kind of like the number one rated on Amazon, a Newegg, whatever. But there's a hell of a lot more to it than just the stock Intel coolers that I'm used to. Like you had to put this special back plate on the motherboard, which then connected to the front. Like that whole that whole process was because well, those things are heavy, right? Yeah, yeah. And kind of like the first time that you put your desktop upright, you really want you kind of keep one hand on the heatsink just to make sure it doesn't like come off. It's very uh, it's very stressful. Is Arctic Silver still the gold standard of thermal paste? Yeah, it's Arct- Arctic Silver, and then you know Cooler Master. Uh, they're they're kind of the the leaders in that stuff. So, which processor did you get? So, I've got the this this rolls right off the tongue. It's the Intel Core i five sixty six hundred K. It's one of one of the new Skylake processors. Okay. Um, and so then that that goes along with the Intel Z. Uh, is it 710 or 170? The 1Z170 chipset. And I got some um, ASRock motherboard. So I should say that basically all, all of my hardware choices were just basically whatever Tom's hardware recommended. I used to be really into picking and choosing components and spending hours and hours researching, which I guess I still would find some enjoyment doing, and I guess I would do if I had more free time. But now I kind of just want someone to tell me, hey, what's the what's the best at a reasonable price in this category? So Tom's Hardware is basically like the wire cutter, but for computer components, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Is that the one? Is that the site that back in the day used to have like a CPU benchmark? Like they they would just have like those charts of just the best possible thing. Oh yeah, they, they, and they they still do that. Okay. Um. So I I basically going you know spec by spec with the motherboard, the RAM, the processor, just kind of saw what they recommended. Um. So yeah, so I got the you know Intel Skylake processor, Z710 based motherboard. Then we're on DDR4 memory now. So this is DDR4 3000. 
memory that I've got, and it's it's quad channel. You know, I used to have like dual channel memory, so we're up to quad channel now. So it's four four gigabyte sticks of RAM. So that that's that's a thing now. And then I I went with the GeForce ninety eight hundred or nine eighty rather Ti video card, which is kind of the the high highest end consumer card they do without getting into like the ridiculous thousand dollar cards. And what type of storage are you using? So I, I kept kept the same Samsung uh, Evo SSD that I've had from my last build, and I also kept the same power supply. So it was actually it was a really easy build where I had already done all the cable management for my power supply and and hard drive and the all the power hookups and obviously the same SATA cable. Yeah, that that was all the same going from my previous build to this one, so didn't really have to do a lot of moving of cables or anything. Hmm. And we all we all three successfully uh, had our computers boot the first first try. Pretty cool. Um, one one computer didn't post the first time, but it was because. Well, hold on that that that's that's the point. Well, it was just because some of the RAM wasn't seated properly. It wasn't like some major issue. So wait, did you guys get together to build them? We or? did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got together. Hmm. Yeah, it was fun. I I got to uh, carry carry my desktop in an Uber. <laughs> that was that was fun. Did you at least get an Uber SUV? No. Hmm. My 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 case isn't that big. It's a PC. But so yeah, so I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of into kind of into the PC stuff now. I, I mentioned on the show I'm going to sell my Xbox and my Wii U. Um, I I, I like the PC stuff. It's 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 been kind of a, a nice reminder of how fun this stuff is. I'm glad you're having fun with it. Yeah, and it really, I mean, it really has gotten easier in a lot of ways. Like the, the the actual build itself was really straightforward. I mean, Windows has gotten way easier to install. Although the I, the crazy thing is that Windows didn't have a driver for our Ethernet adapter, <laughs> so there was no internet access, I and mean, we we had to install the initial driver off of the CD that the motherboard came with. Which which I ha- I haven't had to do that in I don't know how many years. I was really, I was really surprised by that. With that kind of stuff, is it still where you go into device manager and then look at like unknown devices or something? Like, how do you? Yeah, well, so well, so you can, so you know, it, it's pretty obvious with an Ethernet adapter <laughs> what the, the piece of hardware that's not, you know. Or how do you, how do you install the driver? Well, so you, so you have to, you know, get it off the so the motherboard comes with a CD with all the drivers on it, and so Troy, one of my friends, he installed it just using the actual like executable on the cd and then it ended up installing some some <laughs> bloatware to like manage the ethernet adapter that like, it was something that you could like manually control the speed of it or something Ooh. <laughs> which which was which was really weird so i i went the method of just going into device manager and the the Ethernet adapter was the only thing that didn't have a driver. Just right clicking on it and then you know having it point it to the CD and have it search for a driver there, and then it, it installed without installing any excess software. Well, I'm glad you have, glad you have a fun new toy. Uh, hope your headset arrives when sometime this year. 
Uh, so yeah, I got an update on that yesterday. It was supposed to arrive in April, is now slated to come sometime between May 23rd and June 2nd. So about about a month and a half delayed. Yeah, you'll live. I'll, I'll, I'll live, yes. Well, congrats. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so now let's go want to get back into the negative stuff and talk a little bit about our notification issues. Yeah. So I've been having a problem. I don't know if it's iOS 9.3 or if it's watchOS 2.2 or if it's some combination of both, but my notifications are not staying in sync between my watch and my phone. And what, do I, mean, what I mean by that is if I dismiss a notification on my watch, it frequently will not get dismissed on my phone. Uh, I'll occasionally have notifications just get sent to the phone and not my watch, even though the screen on the phone is off. Um, it, it's very frustrating. And I don't think I've had this problem since getting the watch. And so it's it's bizarre that it's it's just happening now. And it seems to be totally random. It's um, sometimes even within the same app's notifications, sometimes they'll get properly dismissed and stay in sync, and other times they won't. It, it's a very... Doesn't, there doesn't really seem to be much of a pattern to the problem. Yeah, I've I've noticed a lot of the same, like to the point where like sometimes my phone, if it's not on silent, like will actually make noise. And that's uh, something I haven't seen in quite a while. And I wasn't really sure what um, where that was potentially coming from. But yeah, I've seen a lot of things where I will respond to a notification or like I'll, I'll be using the phone and I get a text message, I get an email or something that would have prompted a notification on the watch. I'll have already dealt with it, and then maybe third, like uh, thirty seconds to two minutes later, I'll get the exact same notification on my watch. Yeah, I've I've seen that too. Yeah, so that's that's kind of annoying, and also just yeah, missed notifications and just weird things like that. Um, and I and I wasn't really sure what the problem was either. I restarted my phone. I've tried some stuff, and it doesn't really seem to make much of a difference. So yeah, that's I'm glad it's not just me, but that is. Kind of annoying because again, the the watch is is not good at many things, uh, but one of the things it was pretty rock solid at with was uh, substituting the whole having to pull your phone out of your pocket to view your notifications, and that part seems uh, partially broken right now. I mean, yeah one one can make a case that is the only good thing about the watch. Did you see that dumb article about uh, it's a year in and now there's proof that nobody in the world needs an Apple Watch or something? Uh, I I try to stay away from stuff like that. It, it was a really really dumb article, but yeah. Hmm. Anyway, do you have any do you have any uh, uh tips or results on this, or are you just going to write an angle? I've, I've, tr- I've tried everything. I mean, I've tried restarting my phone, the watch, turning Bluetooth on and off. Um, I've tried installing the watch app for the apps. I was having trouble getting notifications on. Didn't make any difference. Yeah, I, I I don't really know what else to try. Yeah, it's a bummer. It was one of those things that was working perfectly fine, and, and now it's not, which is just weird to me. But oh, oh well. It's okay. The watch is just getting older. Right. It's getting more forgetful. <laughs> I guess so. All right. Um, where do you want to go next? Uh, well, if we go in order, we've got the uh, our carefully thought out order. All right, if we're sticking to the order, 
uh, do, uh, did you uh, see Daring Fireball this week or read any of the stuff about uh, Text Expander? I did. So this seems to be a more common trend, and it's something that kind of makes sense. But uh, more and more software applications are turning to subscriptions for uh, their business model. And certain people have done this very successfully with good reason. Um, like Microsoft has transitioned uh, Office from being like a, a $150 to a $400 uh, perpetual license uh, one-time purchase. Uh, to being a, a like a per month fee, Adobe has done this, which has cut down on piracy tremendously. Um, and now, certain applications uh, or uh, software developers are moving towards uh, subscription pricing to fund their applications rather than one time purchases or upgrade pricing. And the most recent company to do this is uh, Smile Software, who makes Text Expander. Do you want to tell people what that does? Well, so I actually don't have Text Expander, but essentially it is quick shortcuts that you can put together to uh, write out longer strings of text. That's probably a gross oversimplification, but... No, that's totally true. Like right now in Slack, I just did a semicolon SH, and that brings up Shruggy Dude. So I don't have to remember how to actually uh, do that uh, emoticon thing. So it's good software, and and Smile makes uh, some great applications. But uh, I guess maybe it's it's just more difficult than it has been in the past to fund long term development of software. Um, so instead of it being a forty dollar application purchase, which I mean I own TextPanner five, it's it's a great app and it was worth it. What they want to do is now make it uh, five dollars a month um, to use it. And as part of that, they've now deprecated uh, iCloud and Dropbox synchronization in favor of their own in-house thing, which means that it's now less useful than it used to be. And you now have to pay pay monthly for it. Like I think Text Expander 4 probably came out in 2013. So the difference is now I'm paying, or I would have to pay three times as much for an app that has fewer features. Which which doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Like I think certain there's like a threshold on the level of usefulness and also the level of costliness that an application kind of has to meet before subscription pricing seems warranted. And software isn't really that. And also I I don't like software that I don't own either. That's that's another thing that kind of bugs me about this. Well, so I mean, a, a lot of companies have successfully migrated to this model. But big software companies. Right. Because again, I think Microsoft Office and Adobe Creative Suite and uh, Adobe Creative Cloud have, they have a level of complexity, uh, update cycles, and also a, a level of uh, costliness that makes that more sensible. Like paying between twenty and fifty dollars a month for uh, Creative Cloud makes sense when the alternative was spending between uh, four hundred and twenty five hundred dollars on a version of uh, Creative Suite, f- like every two to four years. So that makes sense. But apps that used to be between twenty, let's say, uh, like twenty and a hundred dollars, that I th- I think less so. It's it's definitely a harder sell. And and the thing like what worries me is that like I they've gotten a lot of pushback thankfully on this but 
like I really hope that like a company like uh, the Omni Group doesn't think of this as the next good way to price like OmniFocus three or something. Because that's not something that I would really like. Like I, I OmniFocus is, is is expensive software. It's eighty bucks on the PC, and then probably like an extra forty or sixty on iOS. But let's say they say that oh, we think that's worth fifteen dollars a month, and sure, it's cheaper up front. But let's say a new version of OmniFocus comes out once every three years or so. Like that's that's kind of a raw deal. So I don't know. I, I hope. I hope people figure it out, and 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 I understand that a lot of this is Apple's terrible pricing precedent that they set, where they're training consumers to think that every every upgrade should always be free. So I do not like. I understand business is difficult, but this this seems it seems really tricky. I mean, yeah, it, it, you don't. It's hard to criticize software developers for wanting to try to go this way. It, it from a developer perspective, it's it's a very appealing model, and I, I think it can make a lot of sense. But you just you have to be so careful with that transition, and it just doesn't seem like this was maybe as thought out as it should have been. That's definitely true, but you know, like what would you what would you do if if um. Like, let's say at WWC, uh, the Omni Group announces OmniFocus 3, and it looks great, but it's no longer a one-time purchase or an upgrade. It's now $20 a month. Yeah, I mean, it, it'd be tough. I mean, like, I, and I, the example for me is uh, Office, where <clears throat> I, in the past, have bought just a personal copy of Office um, you know, to have, to have on my own, even my first job out of college, I had, when I, when I had a, you know, work laptop that had office on it, I still, you know, bought another copy of office to have on my personal machines. But now since it's gone to office 365, I, I haven't, like, I, I just, I don't, I don't know if I really want to subscribe to office. And so I just kind of, you know, when I need Office, I use it on my my work machine and just kind of deal with not having it on, like, my, my MacBook. Yeah, I mean, it, it causes somebody to think, like, I, I think this would be a worse business model for a lot of people because it, it forces somebody to think up every single month as to whether or not they use the application. Like, I, I think signing up for let's this hypothetical OmniFocus program for $20 a month versus... 80 bucks and you don't feel bad if you don't use it. I, I think that's for the software developers, probably preferable to somebody spending like to deciding to cancel their license because they've, they've kind of fallen off the GTD bandwagon or something. And also that, that would like, if let's say you, you had it for six months and you stopped using it and you had zero to show for it, even though you've paid more than what the software would have cost anyway. It just seems like kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's complicated. It'll continue to be that way. And ultimately, I blame Apple. <laughs> but, well, no, I, I'm completely serious with that, though. Is Because how frequently do you see people who will bulk at $5 applications? And at that, you see all these negative app reviews of, oh, there's an in-app purchase for additional levels in this game, or this update's not free. How dare you? 
That's true. It's it's just it's unsustainable, and Apple probably doesn't care too much because they're they're interested in moving hardware, and cheap and or free applications help move that hardware. Yet they do nothing to help the software developers. So, hmm. All right. So this next one's also all you. This usefulness of a landscape calendar. Well, what do you what do you mean by this? So have you heard of this concept? I don't think so. Okay, so this this was new to me, and maybe you can tell me if this is crazy or if this is actually useful. But uh, certain people will make a, a separate calendar uh, inside whatever they use, and it, uh, it's commonly called landscape. And this allows you a place where you can put things that don't necessarily um, require your time or involve you, but um, can help you plan out what you're doing, whether that means that uh, you can write down that, like, let's say somebody you work with or report to is going to be on vacation, uh, that somebody's going to be out of town or that family is visiting or like, let's say WWDC is coming up, things that you might want to be aware of when planning your day or planning uh, what you're going to do, but don't necessarily need to block out things on your schedule that you'd put them in this calendar and then as needed, you just uncheck the box and you uh, just write what up and you can hide that calendar. Does this make any sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. Okay. Because I've been, I've been trying it out for a couple of weeks. Kind of like it. Uh, the only thing that, that bugs me about it is that fantastic, like, or just, also, this speaks to why I don't like iOS that much for like productivity stuff. Is it a pain in the ass to hide calendars in Fantastical? It's too many taps. That's my only knock against this. But otherwise, I think I really liked it to know when certain people will be unavailable or when I need to get things done by based on other people's availability rather than just having to like have an excessively complicated exchange calendar or uh, random notes or putting things on my calendar that don't actually require me to do something, which diminishes how closely I adhere to my calendar. So yeah, it's a cool idea, and I, I've enjoyed it so far. Yeah, I actually, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, that was that. I did, did not know that's what a landscape calendar was going to be. I thought it was going to be something to do with just like the layout of a calendar. No, 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 not at all. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Do you, a, a random calendar question, do you leave the built-in uh, iOS or uh, Mac, like US holidays calendar, do you leave that on? I do. Yeah, it's just tax day. I don't know. Like, I... It's yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's useful. Most of the time, it's not because I'm like, why are these holidays? Right. Yeah. Or like, oh, hey, here's here's another holiday that I don't get off of work. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't taxes not due until the 18th anyway this year? Yeah. Why is that? Why Why is Apple's calendar wrong? What What do you mean? It says tax day is the 15th. Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah. I. I. Why is Why is Tax Day on the 18th this year? I don't know. I did it a month ago. I don't even care. I didn't. I submitted mine today. Oh, that's why you're in dour spirits. <laughs> I mean, I had them done uh, a month or two ago. You just but... didn't, didn't didn't let the ACH transaction go through. Well, I mean, you you still set it to go through on the 18th, but oh, I just I just said today, just get get it out. I don't <laughs> just, I, I don't even want just just be rip done the with this. Just rip the bandaid off. Yeah. Yeah, I, I respect that. No. Uh. <laughs> Simultaneous sighing. That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. 
All right, landscape calendars, pretty good. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of what to call it though. Mine's currently called background because I didn't like the word landscape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, usually, usually you're more creative with the naming convention. I, I'm good with podcast descriptions, not so much with the the naming. Maybe you could call it white noise. Well, <laughs> I can call it thunderscape. Yeah. God, that's such a good app. I yeah, I haven't downloaded it yet, but um... the thing is, you got it. You got to buy. I think they call it the Rumble Pack. It's totally, it's so dumb, but it's it's a good name. I'm sorry, is that a, is that a euphemism or? Well, you should know I, that because what am, what am I buying? What am I buying with that? Uh, you get uh ten other like you get I think if you buy like the three dollar or whatever the application costs, um, you get two like sound experiences or recordings, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> sound experiences. I have no idea, but sound, I, soundscapes. Yeah, I didn't want to use that word though because it sounds weird. <laughs> The sound experience does not sound better. Um, you get like ten additional ones if you do the uh, the the Rumble Pack. But yeah, that's a weird name. But it wasn't. I would expect you more than anybody else to sympathize with that because wasn't that what they called like the thing that you slap onto an N sixty four? Yeah, it was what you put on the back of the controller. First came out with Star Fox sixty four, and I specifically bought Star Fox or had Star Fox on um, like a Christmas list or something, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, it was it was given to me as a gift, and um, the Rumble Pack came with it. And do you remember back in the day that N sixty four games cost seventy dollars? Oh yeah, absolutely. And that was in nineteen like ninety five money. Yeah, no, I mean people complained about like hundred dollars a game, right? They complained about them being expensive today, and a lot of people got upset when uh, console game prices went from fifty to sixty. But yeah, people forget that a lot of Nintendo software and just video games in general were regularly 70 80 dollars in the 90s yeah madness i guess that's actually one little footnote to put on that pc stuff too it's it's amazing how much pc hardware has come down in price i mean man like top of the line not top of the line but like pretty high-end motherboard that i got for this build like it was like a hundred dollars after rebate kind of amazing I think I've already asked this, but what's is is PCI Express still the like expansion slot of choice? Yeah, for for video cards, it is. Okay, AGP is no longer a thing. <laughs> no, shows how long it's been since I built a computer. Ad- advanced <laughs> graphics port. I think on my last computer, that's still what it was. You know, it's really funny. I don't. I really don't know why, but they still include a DVI to VGA adapter with these video cards. Even like the high-end card that I got, they still pack in. Because somebody, somebody's using the, the, the shit 17-inch Dell um, Ultra Sharp or whatever with their... But, but Troy and I were talking about why, why the hell are you spending $600 on a graphics card and you're plugging it into your 1024 by 768 VGA monitor? I actually, I actually think I know. I think it's for projectors. Oh, okay. Yeah, because a lot, a lot of be. funky office projectors still don't have DVI or HDMI. That could be. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Like, what's the I mean? What's the max resolution of VGA? Oh, yeah. I know you can do at least sixteen hundred by twelve hundred. Okay. Yeah, well, that's probably about right. Like, it's it still looks bad, but yeah. Yeah. Does uh do most modern video cards do they include uh? HDMI or is all DisplayPort? Yeah, no, it's so it's one HDMI port, a DVI port, and then I think two or three DisplayPort. That all uh, fits on one standard expansion slot. Well, no, so the the card takes up two. Hmm. So it it it, it 
plugs into one PCI Express slot, but it actually takes up two slots on the back of the computer. Hold on, and let me look this up. That's NVIDIA, been... NVIDIA 980 GT. But I mean, that's the, the, the dual slot configuration. That's That's been standard for at least the last couple of years for most higher-end cards. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it's it's massive. It's huge. That's actually like, I mean, it, the, both the heatsink that we bought and the graphics card are both just massive pieces of hardware. It's kind of crazy. Oh, PCs never change. Like, why, why, why is, why is the, the, the way they market this and the way graphics cards look, like, what? Why do they look so weird? Well, yeah, so ours actually has a, I'm not making this up, has a light on the side of it. Of course it does. And I, you know, I have a, a, an all black case that you can't see inside of. Oh, I was going to ask, do you, do you have a window case no. with Christmas lights on it? I used to. When I, when I built a PC at middle school or high school, I, I had a, a window and I also had a bunch of lights and stuff and thought that was pretty cool. Then I also had a little knob on the front that I could control the speed of the case fans. See, I remember E, there we go. Okay, EVGA. I remember that was a good company. And and theirs doesn't look as dumb as everything. Well, that's else. so I, I have an EVGA. Oh, but does it have a light somewhere? It's well, it, but it's it's a very um, it's a very nice looking light. It's just a white. <laughs> it's just a white subtle light on it. It's not nothing flashy. Gotcha. But it's, a, it's a nice looking card. Yeah, but these MSI ones look fucking ridiculous. Uh yeah. I mean, some of them are crazy with all the lights and. Um, I should I should send you um I can I can send you a a link to uh to mine here. It's it's a it's a nice looking card. It's nothing no 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 big bright colors to it. It's, you know, simple. What what is the whole C price and cart thing? Is is that just a gimmick or uh, it's just a gimmick. I I don't know. Okay. Whisper silent cool. <laughs> mhm. That's right. Uh who is 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 Corsair still the big name in memory or what what's they just they make a little bit of everything. So my power supply is a Corsair. Mm-hmm. And I kept that I I kept that same power supply from my previous build to this one. And it's one of those like modular power supplies where you only plug in what you need. So you don't have, you know, this whole this whole mess of cables that you got to figure oh, out. Oh yeah, I remember, used to, I remember the you just strap down like the all all <laughs> yeah. these what the, what was it like? They're called Molex, Mo- Molex the ones that would yeah. go into the, the non-existent drives. CD drives. Yeah, hard drives and CD drives. God, we were talking about that too. Just thinking about like the ribbon cables and stuff that you used to have to have for IDE hard drives and how big those were, and now you just got these tiny little thin SATA cables. Ugh, so much better. Well, technology gets better over time. Yeah, it does. A lot of this stuff has stayed the same for a while, though. Like, SATA's been around for a while now. PCI Express has been around for a while. Well, that's because they started designing things with uh, kind of like future-proofing it. Like, yeah. uh, Serial ATA, isn't it like th- uh, backwards compatible to three and six gigabits per second? Yeah, right. Like, I mean, that that's super fast, and that was designed in a very forward-thinking way. Um, and and uh, PCI Express, there's different, like, it was like PCI Express 16x. Like, aren't there different speeds of it? So they can, without changing the form factor, they can just up the speeds. Right. Yeah. Oh, good man. This this takes me back. I don't I don't miss it at all. But it's fun to have done it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to get a refresher in it every once in a while. Oh God! I remember when I when I made uh, in college, I had this uh, like uh, home server, 
and there were, I, I filled it and, it and it overheated all the time because I had six hard drives in it. Good times. I came, I think I've told you this. I came really, really close to water cooling a PC. <laughs> like I had the stuff in my new egg cart and was totally ready to do it. In fact, I think it was a Corsair kit. When was this? It was like high school. But I, I did. That's not it. a thing anymore, right? I mean, it is, but, it, you know. Like now it's just it's just lots of lots of uh, slow RPM, but big fans. Isn't that the thing? Yeah, yeah. So you want, so that's kind of like my case just has two big fans on it. And they're, they're pretty, pretty quiet. Anyway, this all could have been avoided if you just bought a Mac Pro. Yeah. That guy, he could have found a better way to say it. Yeah. Palmer Lucky. Can't hate him because he's got kind of a cool name. That's true. All right. Uh, what were we talking about? So, landscape calculators? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> calculators. Cal- cal- yeah. Uh, all right. So we've got we've got two more topics on the list here. Do you want to, you want to do both of those? Sure. Okay. Uh, man, I, I put a lot of stuff in here this week. You did, <laughs> man. Uh, this this will be just a quick judgment from you. Is should I even be saying this on online that's recorded? Is it? <laughs> do you consider it piracy to obtain a digital copy of something you own in a physical medium? I do, because I'm I'm conservative with this stuff and. It, it it isn't something I would do. I I would say that I I wouldn't really pass much judgment on somebody who chose to do it. I think there's a lot of other more harmful, overt forms of piracy. But yeah, I I, I this isn't something I would do, and it wouldn't wouldn't feel great about being associated with. All right, then moving right along. <laughs> I'm just asking a hypothetical question yeah, for right, right. everybody in society. I, I could see the argument the other way, though. I really can. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything at all about it, but I really think Amazon or somebody needs to get with the program and make it so that if you buy a physical copy of a book, that you can have the digital copy for no additional cost because it's the same damn thing. Well, they they, they like didn't they kind of try to do something like that? And I don't think it went anywhere. You, like yeah, none of the major because I so I I've been kind of looking at. I've kind of been thinking about like, oh man, it'd be nice to have a Kindle again. You're gonna get your Kindle Oasis. No, that thing looks dumb. It, but if it's nice to hold, why do you care? I don't. I don't think it will though. Wait until Jason reviews it. Yeah, he buys every Kindle. I know. Um, but yeah, no, it would be it'd be so nice to to have both the physical and the ebook. But I don't think I don't think none of the major publishers I think signed up for that program, which is kind of why it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that's really annoying. Yeah. All right. Well, I have not suggested as to where I think about this, so good. Uh-huh. Uh, Geek, Geek Squad, we're, we're going to round this out. This is, uh, doing decent on time. Uh, your uh, alma mater, Geek Squad, is... <laughs> is that what you call it? I think for, former employers, the more... No, no, you, 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 you matriculated from uh, the <laughs> clip-on ties. Geek Squad University, yeah. <laughs> Um, they're, uh, they're stepping away from the iconic, uh, Volkswagen Beetle to Prius C's. Thumbs down. Yeah. All all I can say is I'm really glad that I worked for the Geek Squad when I did, because I would not feel as great about driving around in a Prius C as I did with the bug. 
which I which I thought was actually legitimately kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> cool's a bit much, but no, it was it was iconic and it was it was nifty. Well, so and so so my story too is that when I um, had the bug, my my vehicle got selected to be rotated out, meaning that I I got a a new car, and I literally one day for work had to drive down to the Ventura VW dealership and gave them the bug that I had and then drove off with a new bug that had 32 miles on it when I drove it off the lot. So it was a brand new car. Was it already pre-Best Buy painted? Yeah, it was. And it, it was awesome. It was great. And I actually, I, I liked that car. I would never have owned it personally, but... Well, hold on. A Fiesta or Bug? Oh, a bug, I think. Hmm. So that that speaks highly. Well, it, it felt roomy inside. Like, if, I, I didn't particularly love the shape on the outside, but in, inside they were very spacious. Mm-hmm. And they were very, very comfortable to drive. Yeah, I, 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 liked, I liked driving that bug around. And it was, you know, it, it caught, caught people's attention in, in Isla Vista. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't. I don't particularly love the design on these these Priuses either. Hold on. Well, we're going to use this as an, as an excuse for me to get something off my chest. Hold on. Let me find it. And I don't just mean like the body t- shape. I also mean like the paint job. Have you Have you uh, seen what is objectively the ugliest car in America? Mm, maybe. Because uh, I'm going to send it to you right now. Oh, what is that? This is the 2016 Prius, and it is the ugliest car on the road. And I am, uh, and I am including the Nissan Cube. So th- this is just the standard Prius. This is the, this is not a concept car. This is the shipping on the lot Prius. Do they still have the the weird recessed dash? Yeah, of course they do. Or actually, I don't know if this one does, but I assume it does. Because why 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 start then to to make decent design decisions this is the the 2016 or 2017 2016 2016 nope still has this funky ass <laughs> yeah i'm looking god it looks even worse oh it does and it, it's why is it in the center why is it not in front like why does the passenger care like it's, i don't even know like if you look at any of toyota's current model lineup they keep making their cars weirder and weirder and uglier. Like all of this stuff like kind of crept in with uh, Lexus. Like all of their current models look weird and have these like super sharp lines. But now that's trickling down to the Toyotas and they all look horrible. Futuristic interior is the way they classify it here. That, that seems is, like is, a is that Is that what ugly means now? <laughs> Apparently. Ugh. What, what kind of what kind of miles per gallon do you get with these things now? I assume it's like it's like thirty city fifty highway. Yeah, they say they say up to fifty eight. Yeah, actually, I forget on these. Do you do you get better mileage going slow or going fast? Better, you get better in the city. So it's it's the opposite of like a non hybrid car. Gotcha. So this this estimated fifty eight miles per gallon, which is kind of the best case. This is city driving. Yeah, such an ugly car. Like they say. Um, 58 city, 53 highway, 56 combined. What the hell is a purposeful stance? How is that a feature? (laughs) God, the Prius has been around for 15 years now. 
An all-new chassis helps ensure Prius is always up for some fun. Who writes this? These cars aren't cheap either. Oh, God, no. Like, to get the, the decent uh, regular Prius with, like, non-cloth seats, it gets up to 35 really fast. Yeah, I mean, which I mean... Like, you might as well just buy something nice. Like an A4. Ugh. You can get a baseline the A4 back, for the about back of that, it's right? ugly. Of what, the A4? Yeah. Yeah, I know. But the inside looks nice. Okay. On well, the uh, the the Q7's got most of those new tech features. But the Q7 is also the 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 Audi does not make good the good the good tail ends for their cars because yeah, the Q7 know. looks weird and it's also like a big lumbering old person car. I know, I know. But what was I say? Um, Ford actually, they're um, what do you call it? Have you seen uh, like why why instead of getting a Prius, why wouldn't you just get the I think it's called the uh, Ford Fusion Energy? The, the, yeah, mm-hmm. like, like at least Ford, like they're doing some stuff that like it looks like a nice car. Yeah, but I th- I think in in I don't know Toyota's defense, I, I think the Fusion Energy is pretty expensive. Yeah, like it it starts at thirty three nine. I'm looking at the site, so I'm sure once you spec it out, it. It, it probably gets pretty pricey. Eh, no, I went to the Fusion Energy Titanium, which I assume is probably better because titanium. And it says thirty five thousand. That's that's what my 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 edge is the titanium. There you it's go. Very, it's very fancy. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna chip off in a year. Hey, Th- no, that's an Apple joke. Did uh do you not remember the G four uh the original G four PowerBook? No. It came in titanium, except for the fact that Apple didn't realize that titanium would just chip off, like on the wrist rest, just by being used after a year. So would they all just looked horrible after a year. Interesting. It was such a beautiful computer, but it just not at all. Oh, and the hinges all broke on it. Huh. That doesn't. That doesn't seem good. Uh, let me. Uh, there it goes. Yeah, that that computer was beautiful, but it was it was plagued with some big issues. Hmm. Broken hinges, messed up paint, but gorgeous. Yeah, that that seems like a bit of a problem. <laughs> kind of reminds me of uh, that Dell computer you had. Oh, yeah. They had a super glue. Well, that wasn't the computer's fault. Sure. End result was the same. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, I'll let you go first for picks of the week because I've been talking a lot. Uh, so my pick of the week... Um is um it, of course it's got to be related to my new computer and that's the GeForce Experience. Have you, have you heard of this? No. So it's a standard software that comes with uh Nvidia drivers now. And what it does is it can scan your computer for all games that you have installed. And what it'll do is it'll look at your hardware, look at the game, and it will come up with a set of recommended settings to run the game at for kind of a, the, the best compromise between visuals and performance. And with one button, or with one button press, it'll automatically set those settings in the game right from within the GeForce Experience software. So you kind of almost get somewhat of the advantage that you get on a console where you don't really have to worry about tweaking a bunch of settings to get a better frame rate or anything. And I haven't used it a ton, but in the little that I have used it, it seems like it's been pretty reliable and, and the recommendations it's made has been you know pretty solid. And how do you think it's uh, determining the settings? Like, is it crowdsourced? Is it just I th- I some think, dude? I think at... it is. No, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's crowdsourced. It might be, uh, it might also might be some internal 
research they do, but I think a lot of it comes from, yeah, user statistics. Oh, cool. All right. Um, mine, I don't, uh, I don't have a great one this week, but, um, oh, actually I have a decent one. Uh, you can play Jeopardy on Alexa now. So that is, uh, that is my, my pick of the week. Yeah. So you, you said this before the show and I had no idea what you were talking about. So I've already talked about how, uh, the Alexa app on iOS is the absolute worst, but that is how you can, uh, control Alexa skills. And then you can do different add-ins. Like, let's say I wanted to install the Uber application, which I don't. Uh, you would go into the Alexa app, go to skills, search for it, and, and do that. And then you can then just say, you can use that as a... Sorry, I haven't... I forgot to mute it, so it, it's doing stuff. But, um, yeah, you can download certainly... That's kind of the equivalent of third-party applications for the Alexa. Um so yeah, you could. There's one for Jeopardy, and it will give you five questions every weekday, and you can just play Jeopardy with uh, your Echo. Hmm. Pretty cool. Interesting. And then runner-up pick of the week, just because I'm not sure that one really counts. Uh, Forecast.io. Oh, okay. You used that before? I have. It's good. It's because uh, Dark Sky on iOS is great. Still, I don't know. I, I keep teetering back and forth. I really, really like Weather Underground as my daily application. But in terms of the most accurate, like, is it going to rain in the next hour or so, I still like Dark Sky. Uh, but yeah, uh, on the web, forecast.io uh, is the kind of web incarnation of Dark Sky. And it's very good. I like it. Yeah, still, Weather Underground is the the absolute best on on iOS. But it's a good compliment. Yeah, it, it it really is. Yeah, and it's it's a very reasonably priced. Two bucks. Uh, I f- I finally got my renewal notice for uh, renewing ad free on that. But it's 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 the best. Yeah, you got you got to do that. And every update packs tons of new features. Hmm. All right. That is it. All right. That's a show. Baseball's back. History will be made tomorrow night in two different ways. Good times. Kobe's had a good career. He has. He'll yes. be fine. Yeah. Uh, final final predictions. Do you think the Warriors are going to do it? Who are they even playing? They're uh, they're playing the Grizzlies. How are they ranked? They, this game matters for them for playoff positioning. But okay, but that doesn't matter to the Warriors. I mean, I mean they they are they are perfectly capable of beating them, but they also have to play well. It's not a. It's not a slam dunk. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, didn't even realize that. Very nice. Good job, me.